0: From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Now make sure you say my name right. It's LaTown. See, I talk about the things other people are scared to talk about, what they're afraid to say. When I walk into the building, you know what they whisper to each other? (laughs) Be careful. Now you tell me, you want those pretty lies, or you ready for the ugly truth? Let's get it. This is Robert Littell with BlackSportsOnline.com. You're listening to the Ugly Truth Podcast. Why well, don't tell you those pretty lies. I tell you the ugly truth about what's going on in the world of sports, entertainment, and viral news. Um, I know a lot of you uh, watched uh, Nipsey Hussle's funeral uh, yesterday. Uh, I know a lot of you watched the procession. Uh, thousands upon thousands of uh, people over there. Uh, filled up the Staples Center, only a funeral for Michael Jackson, did that, let that sink in for you, thousands of people in the streets, a lot of wonderful stories about Nipsey Hussle, Uh, a lot of the videos and the photos of his life, really showing what he was all about, the type of person he was, from a young child to the age of 33 when he passed away, um, I think people who maybe only had a glancing knowledge of Nipsey Hussle, now as they go research more about him, even President Barack Obama, who wrote a letter, uh, know so much about him now. And I found that interesting in the fact that when you just are doing the right thing, you're doing what you're passionate about, what you think is the right thing in your heart. Uh, You're sincere, you're genuine. When you are like that, you don't have to promote it because you're not looking at it as promotion. You're just looking at it this is the type of person you are. These are the things that you do, these are the right things that you do. And you don't need confirmation on it. You don't need a bunch of news crews, you don't need everybody patting you on the back. You don't need to put everything on social media because you know it's sincere. And I think that's what people are finding out about Nipsey Hussle. It's like, man, you find out something new every day, every hour, because he wasn't promoting it. He was just doing it. He was just living. He was just trying to make things better. And I think you heard a, a lot of that at the funeral, you know, just these stories about him helping and and being there for people and just doing the right thing. You hear about him giving ex-cons jobs because it's hard to get a job with a felon. You know, you, you hear all of these stories and you'd have never known those stories, unfortunately, unless he passed away. But see, that's the thing about legacy. Your legacy will always be told properly. No matter if you are screaming from the top of your lungs or you're just doing it in silence because people know what's real and people know what's fake and when you're no longer with us there's no need to to lie anymore
1: so what you're seeing is something authentic you're seeing what people really felt and i was
0: talking um uh, to my best friend rita And we were were talking about how big and impactful his death has become, and we were speaking about how, as black people,
1: we have to deal with so much, so, so much negativity
0: that has nothing to do with anything besides us being black. That's why we're dealing with it. Because of our skin, we're treated unfairly. We're discriminated against. The racism, the cops are against us. The justice system is against us. The political system is against us. You you see the thing in D.C. about the go-go music. You know, there's an area next to the college that plays go-go, been playing go-go music, you know, at night for decades because it's part of their culture. And then you see them trying to gentrify the area, and there's a white guy that says, you know, please shut this down or we're going to, you know, I want, please, you know, we have noise ordinance or whatever. They, they want to be, they want to infiltrate the culture, take advantage of the culture, but then try to dictate how the culture should be. We're dealing with all of these things, all of these things, all the time, constant. There's a constant paranoia. with being black it's constant. No matter how successful you are, how poor you are, how middle-class you are, it's there. It's sometimes more prevalent in others. But it's still there. It's still always in the back of your mind. And I think the thing with Nipsey, which has kind of tipped us over, is the fact that we have all of these issues, right? All of these issues. And then you have a brother that's understanding that we're dealing with all of these issues and trying to combat Those issues by staying in the same area and trying to fight back against all of this negative stuff
1: that's thrown at us, the products of our environment that make it difficult for us to succeed.
0: You see, a brother working hard trying to turn that around in his own community, his own neighborhood, and he shot dead by one of us because of ego or jealousy, because that person didn't like how he was labeled,
1: didn't like the success that Nipsey had found. And in that moment, he takes
0: the life of not just a rapper, not just an entrepreneur, but a father, a brother. Someone that had inspired so many people. And he took him out right in front of his store. Right in front of an area that he grew up in. Right in front of the
1: part that the cops had harassed him at. That he sold his tapes at. A spot where a lot of people, if they had achieved some success,
0: man, they would have rapped about it. Yeah, they would have talked about it. But they wouldn't have uh, invested in it. They wouldn't have came back. They wouldn't have uh, opened a store there. They'd be staying out in Riverside or Calabasas. They'd just be rapping about it. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be right back there helping. So I think that's what hit people, you know, really hard. You know, maybe if he got murdered somewhere else. You know, the impact would have been felt, but the fact that you, you murdered literally steps away from
1: what you created to help people like the person that shot you. See, that's bigger than,
0: that's just bigger. It, It just makes everything feel bigger.
1: Bigger than Nipsey. Bigger than, than us. And that's what hurts. It hurts that someone would do that
0: to our own. And I think that's why you see so many people coming out. And so many people having emotions. People that don't even know them have emotions. Because we already know that we're dealing with all of these things. <laughs> and. We also know that even though we're dealing with all of this stuff,
1: that we're not safe around each other. If they could hit Nipsey right in front of his store, the place where he's giving jobs to people that need him, right out in front of his store, what do you think they would do to us? You think they care about us? We don't, if we don't care about ourselves,
0: how are we ever going to get over, not get over, but how are we ever going to overcome everything that we have to
1: deal with on a daily basis? And that's what's tough. That's what's really tough. You know, it's just, you want to tell people that you're close to, that you, you know, you love them and give
0: them a hug and tell them you appreciate them because life is so precious. And, you know, the one thing that the pastor said, and I'm not an overly religious guy, one thing the pastor said at the funeral was that, you know, when you look at it spiritually, you know, when someone says they do a victory lap, you know, that's after the, their part is over, they've won. And he said, "Now it's, you know, like a relay race.
1: Like we have the opportunity to take the baton from Nipsey and do these
0: other things. I've talked to you guys about this before. You don't have to be Nipsey Hussle. You don't have to be LeBron. You don't have to be Jay-Z. You just have to do your little part to make us better. You have to do your little part. I always say when I started BSO, yes, I wanted to cover games. Yes, I wanted some level of, of fame. Yes, I wanted you know money. You know, I wanted to get paid. I wanted all of that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what I also wanted was to take a platform and give other people opportunities to do something that they've always
1: wanted to do. And if I was able to do that for one person, then, you know, I felt like I was a success. And
0: thankfully, I've been able to do that for a lot of people. And maybe, just maybe, I've inspired some people that I don't even know. You know, people come up to me from time to time, you know, like what you do, you know, we started something, you know, we heard you say this or heard you on the radio or heard a podcast or saw you at the, at the Super Bowl, and, and that's it's us. We have to always help us get a little bit better
1: and appreciate our loved ones. So my final thought on all of this is
0: if you're listening, I know sometimes, and I do it too. We we argue and we're in fighting because we're so frustrated about everything that is happening to us and the way that it's harder for us. But let's try to do our best to get along, to help each other. Because what we know is that when we do help each other and when we do put our minds together and when we do work with each other, unstoppable moving on to something different but related in a way um Nick Bosa now as as most of you know um I'm a graduate of the Ohio State University I love my school um when I'm out and I see other people from Ohio State and there's always someone um out from Ohio State it's nothing but love Nothing but love. Uh, The Nick Bosa story is interesting to me because, not necessarily even because of Nick Bosa himself, it's just how, as a society, uh, we see things and view things differently. Nick Bosa is unapologetic in being MAGA, making America great again. He's a fan of Donald Trump, big fan of Donald Trump big fan of Donald Trump Jr., that whole thing. Those are his people. On top of that, he's called Colin Kaepernick a clown, says Beyonce uh, music is trash, and said Black Panther was the worst Marvel movie of all time. I've met white people like Nick Bosa. If you're trying to understand... How can someone you know who feels like this still you know get along with you know black coaches and black players and maybe black people in general? You know how 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 does that dynamic work? Well, like I said, I've met white people like this before. Let me explain it to you. And you may not like the explanation, but I can promise you that it's the truth. There's no lies here. Black people are really the only race in my mind. And, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm only speaking from my, you know, my perspective as a black man. Black people are really the only race where in other races' mind, in this case, white people, we can be separated into multiple different types of black
1: people. Meaning that they see us as almost different groups You know, to make it real simple, it's like the good blacks and the bad blacks.
0: And the good blacks, in their mind, are basically what I would call,
1: in their view, not in my view, unproblematic black people. And you say, well,
0: Rob, what's unproblematic black people? Well, in, in in the white person's mind. An unproblematic black person is just someone that, yes, they're black, but you know, they're really more into themselves and nothing outside of the realm of just doing whatever they do. And you know why they like those types of black people? Because that's how white people live. White people live in a unproblematic Lifestyle, in the sense that they don't have to worry about certain things because you know, they're just white. So if you're just a black guy that doesn't talk about the struggles of being black or you keep those thoughts private and you're the type of black person that is willing to overlook certain things with white people as long as they're nice to you, then those white people will put you in this category of black people that they can deal with or that they have opinions on. They feel like this is how black people should be like James over there. Then they have the other black people who they feel are problematic. And those black people are the
1: ones that are vocal about the fact that we're black and that there's issues in our society. There's
0: a reason that he picked Beyonce and, and Colin Kaepernick and Black Panther. It has nothing to do with Beyonce's music. If Beyonce was, in his mind, an unproblematic black, wouldn't have probably any opinion on it at all. But the fact that She speaks about police brutality and some of the other things. Now, all of a sudden, the music is trash. If Colin Kaepernick, I would love to know what Nick Bosa's thoughts on Colin Kaepernick was when he was just going to the Super Bowl and kissing his biceps. I doubt they're the same as when he started to talk about police brutality and racial injustice. The reason that he doesn't like Black Panther, which has nothing to do with the movie. I mean, we've seen all 22 Marvel movies. Even if you don't think Black Panther was that, that great, almost no one, even MAGA, for the most part, wouldn't say it's the worst Marvel movie. There's been some bad ones. Black Panther's not a bad one, but it represents black empowerment, black actors, black actresses on an equal level, equal playing field. That's problematic. Can't like Black. You know, Black Panther for that.
1: And to me, and I can tell you this, that's how he was raised. That's just how he was raised.
0: You know, Joey is like that. Dad's like that. Herbert Meyer's wife's like that. That's just a product of your environment. The difference is, is he talks about it more. And the other difference is Nick Bosa is not that much different than a lot of white athletes. They feel the same way. A lot of them probably voted for Trump. It's just they don't talk about it.
1: And in turn, that makes them like a lot of white people in general because there's no way that Trump can be in office. Just with the people that talk about him. He needed more. He needed that person that is your neighbor. That you see every other day.
0: That you talk to about the game. That you have no issues with. Personally. You think he's a regular old neighbor. That guy.
1: Or girl. They voted for Donald Trump. That's nice to you. As they can be. But they voted for Trump because they don't have an
0: issue with you. They see you as separate. You're not like them. Only race that happens to. If a white person goes shoot up a school, it doesn't blow back on other white people. It's just the actions of a person. Black people are always separated. If... No one ever goes up to a white person and say, you're very well-spoken. You're very articulate. Nobody says that. And trust me, there are dumb white people that are inarticulate. White people. they are stupid white people. they are smart white people. Nobody separates. They're just white. Nobody says, that's a dumb white guy. They say, it's a dumb guy. Nobody says, that's a smart white guy. They say, that's a smart guy. Black people, if you're smart they say, "Oh, you're very articulate. You're very well-spoken. It's as if it's not possible. All of it, then they put you in that little box on the other side. Oh, this person's okay. Me and my fiance, a lot of times we would go places and maybe we're the only
1: you know, black couple, black in Mexico, black couple in wherever we're at. And we could tell that they see us
0: differently. Now, we may be bumping Chief Keith in the car, but in their mind, oh, this is educated, articulate. They're
1: okay. They're all right. You walk in a certain store, they get, they, they're okay.
0: They're not like the others. White guy can walk in there, you know, a store with flip-flops and whatever, and They don't don't separate them. (laughs) That only happens to black people. So, when he's going back to Nick Bosa, people, I think the interesting thing about it is, is that this is a majority-minority thing. In the sense that if you just flipped it
1: and say this was a black prospect, NFL prospect, that said I don't like, you know, I'm a big
0: President Obama fan. I don't like Trump. I don't like the justice system. I don't like the cops
1: for what they did in my area, in my neighborhood. If he did that, do you think it would be a bigger story? Of course it would. Do you
0: think people would be trying to protect him? Of course not. You listen to people say, well, you know, he's he's entitled to say Beyonce's trash, hates black planet, loves Trump. Was Colin Kaepernick entitled to say they thought the cops was trash and the justice system is trash? Was he entitled to? No, he's blackballed. Now, how is that going to play out in a locker room? Let me tell you something. And you may not like this, but it's the truth. A lot of those black players in those locker rooms are okay with being put in that other box—the box where they have the money and the fame, and not don't have to deal with the every single day issues that a regular black person would have to deal with. They're okay with that. It doesn't bother them. So when Nick Bosa walks into that locker room, yeah, maybe he has a problem with a couple of the players that. Understand that this is someone that really looks at them in, in, a, in, a, in a real moment as beneath them, but for the most part, it, they won't care.
1: You can rush the passer? That's all they care about. It's literally all they care about, and that's their prerogative. But once again, it shows the hypocrisy. Of speaking out because as someone once said or
0: something like this is that people will always respect your opinion if they agree with it <laughs> it's only when they don't agree with it is when they don't respect it so when the majority of the owners are MAGA and front office people are MAGA then why of course why they have a
1: problem with Nick Bosa saying he's MAG. He's one of them. They don't play golf with him. You're entitled to your opinions. You're entitled to your political opinions, your political affiliations. You want to be MAGA. You want to be a Donald Trump fan. That's fine. Uh, if you are, I'm always going to look at you in a, a different light. That's just the way it is. So if you don't care about that, that's perfectly fine. So I'm always going to see Nick Bosa and
0: Joey Bosa and anybody else that I find out that is MAC, I'm always going to look at them in a different light because that tells me you don't really care about minorities. You don't really care about making this country better. You prefer white power. But on the football field, probably not going to matter. It's definitely not going to hurt his draft stock. And there's enough black people, black media people shucking and jiving for him that he will be fine. Sad that a black athlete couldn't do the same thing. He have a totally different we reported on, totally differently. But once again, like we talked about right in the beginning of the show, when you're black, you always have to overcome obstacles that others don't. So we have to do that, and that'd be a good way to honors Nipsey Hussle's legacy is to keep trying to overcome those obstacles and help each other. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook Black Sports Online, Instagram BSO TV, and YouTube BSO TV. I'm out.